Thanks for listening to the Healthy Church Podcast with Larry Barker and Drew Klein. The Healthy Church Podcast is an honest conversation about what it means to be part of a healthy church. There are no perfect churches because they're all filled with imperfect people led by imperfect leaders. But by God's grace, we can begin to dialogue about what changes can be made in our lives as leaders and in the churches we serve in order to better love God and His people. For more information and other resources, go to HealthyChurchPodcast.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for the Healthy Church Podcast. We are kind of on location here in Dallas, Texas. We are. We are at a student conference called SOAR at the Hilton Anatole Hotel, right? Do you know what that stands for, I have no way? idea. Sold Out and Radical was the Oh, no, the I know origi- that one. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Anatole. I'm like, <laughs> is, it an, is it an, I don't know, Native American language word for hotel? I don't know. I don't know. Well, a lot of the younger ones, I've been asking if they know what SOAR stands for, and a lot of the younger ones don't know. I was I'm an I'm an OG sore attendee. I knew. So I, I yeah, you. I was I was back there back in the early days. Cool. Hey, tell us who our guest is today, Larry. Well our guest is Chris Vines and he lives in Hope, Arkansas. Tell us about your role at the church and your family. Sure, man. It is great to be on the Healthy Church podcast. Thank you guys for asking me. Uh I am in Garrett Memorial Baptist Church, like you said, Hope, Arkansas. We've been there for uh, almost eight years, a little, really? o- little over seven years. Yeah, wow. uh, have a you know what I think are the the best people on the planet to use some terminology I just recently heard. Uh, my wife Sydney, and uh, we've been married almost ten years. We have two boys, Carson and Elliot, uh, who are eight and five, and they're all boy. Uh, I love it. Uh, my wife is certainly a boy mom. And uh, my role at the church is, uh, it's kind of transitioned over the last uh, couple of years. Uh, I started out strictly in youth ministry, and that still takes up a lot of my time. But our, uh, our philosophy of ministry has, has led to more of a, a family uh, ministry. So my title, if there is an official one, is uh, Pastor of Discipleship and Family Ministry. And, and so I oversee uh, just different discipleship ministries sure. in our church and then uh, how to connect with our families and help them to be the best disciple makers that they can be. I got to tell you one on your wife. I was visiting with Sydney last night and I was, I was bragging on you. And she said, you're a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad she thinks that way. Amen. For sure. That's awesome. Uh, man, we're so glad that you can join us today. Uh, we, you know, we're here at this conference and I, of course it goes back to my heart to back when I was, you know, in high school. And uh, God has done so much in the ministry of SOAR and, and through conferences like this around the country and the lives of students. Uh, what, what's important? Why, why is it important for churches and youth pastors and, and pastors supporting their youth ministries or mm-hmm. next-gen ministry or family discipleship ministry? Why are things like this important? Camps, those kinds of things. What, yeah. Why do we need this kind of thing in the church? And yeah. the, what's, what's, what's your thought oh, on that? Oh, yeah. Man, that's such a great question. And, um, and it's one that I think we could probably talk about for much more time than what we have right here. The first thing that comes to my mind of why it, they are they are vital, conferences like this are vital to our churches is because of how they, they plant seeds within uh, hearts, within our people. Uh, and, and so for this particular conference, a, a student conference, uh, there are 
you know, kids that are coming here for a lot of different reasons, and they're coming with church groups. Um, but we are hopeful, and uh, and I actually very much expect God to be planting seeds that um, may sprout soon, but may sprout later. And but what we do know is that these guys are coming from a lot of small areas. I mean, a lot of rural areas, and uh, and and they're they're seeing a picture that. Um, is much bigger than what they're used to seeing. Uh, not to say it's more important than their local church. Not, right. Don't hear me right. wrong there. Right. But it's bigger, and it helps them know that they are a part of something bigger, that God sure. uses their local church in their community, but he also chooses to use uh, groups of churches uh, in, a, in a collective effort to um, spread the gospel all over this world. So I think coming to conferences like this uh, helps them see a bigger picture and know that they're a part of something bigger than themselves. I love that. I was even thinking about my girls in the conference, in the session last night as they're worshiping. And I'm just thinking, I want them seeing students mm. like them yeah. worshiping, surrendering yeah. to Jesus. We, you know, I think that's a beautiful, yeah. you know, showing that modeling, modeling that picture, them seeing other kids, other people surrendering their lives to yeah, Jesus absolutely. together. It's beautiful. Hey, you were sharing with us earlier, your first SOAR yeah. conference and the impact it had on you. Share that with us. Sure. Uh, so my first SOAR conference was in 2005. Wow! Now I'm gonna I'm gonna age myself because I'm I'm not that old, um, but I I was 15 then, and I was chasing a girl. I had a girlfriend. She invited me to go uh, to soar with her, and I had no idea what soar was. Now I'd grown up in a BMA church. Right. I grew up in First Baptist Buckner, Arkansas. Okay. Uh, but I had no idea what you know the Baptist Missionary Association was. I had no idea. Um, about anything. I, I really didn't. And so, but the Lord had been in a very good way, a very gracious way, been um, just planting seeds right. in, in my heart uh, in ways that I did not even know. Uh, so I'll, I'll just say this without going too too much detail. Uh, there was a man from First Baptist Magnolia, Arkansas, which is actually the group that I came with whenever I, I first came to SOAR. And a few months before SOAR, he had asked me to go on a VSM trip. And I didn't know what that was, but I said yes. And so I'd already been kind of wrapping my mind around going on a VSM trip. Which and is what, by the way? For volunteer Student Missions. Okay, yeah, thanks. thank you. That's, that's great. Volunteer Student Missions, uh, one of the ministries of our, of our work, and uh, sends teenagers on a two-week mission trip uh, during the summer to visit one of our missionaries. And so I had said yes to that, and, and then I decided I was going to come to SOAR. And so I came to SOAR started hearing about VSM and I was like, oh, this thing's connected, right? And then I saw people on stage and, and then I go to a VSM boot camp and the very people I saw on stage at SOAR, like Donnie Parrish and Aaron Williams and just different people like that, uh, hearing about our missionaries, I now see underneath a tent down in the blazing hot sun of Gary, Texas. Hottest place on earth. It is. Devil's armpit. <laughs> Air conditioners don't even work in Gary, Texas. Right, right. Great camp, though. Great, Great camp. Great camp. And, Gotta uh, go. Yeah. And so the Lord used that hot place on this earth to do something really cool where he, he was really branching off of SOAR. Um, so he planted a seed at SOAR, and then, man, I started seeing just how, man, this is this is a family, and, and also, man, this is a, a work that is not centered on just one event. And, and so at 15, the Lord started really using SOAR, uh, VSM, and certain people who were just in, in, uh, in, in leadership roles to um, direct me down a, a certain path that uh, did not make much of me, but I hope made made much of Christ, and mm -hmm. and so when I come to, when I when I think about soar, I think about that first year and what it meant for me, and how the Lord even put it on my heart to go back to my church and say, hey, you know what, 
we need to we need to go to soar because I, yeah. like I said i went with first Baptist magnolia sure the lord put it on my heart to go back to buckner and say hey let's take a group next year yeah and, uh, which was very out of character for me. I'm not one to stand up and do that. And, uh, man, so for the next several years, man, we started coming to SOAR. Awesome. And the Lord continued to do gracious things like that in, in my life. And in, I know several others that were connected through our church. And so SOAR has a special place in my heart. It really does. Love that. Hey, uh, just thinking through your work and what you guys uh, have done and what SOAR is about as well. What are some of the greatest challenges that you think churches are facing with students right now? Mm. And and kind of maybe your Ooh. thoughts on kind of how sure. to minister to kids sure. and families in that yeah. way. Well, I, I think, uh, you know, it it borders on the line of, of maybe being cliche because it's so so present but I, I think we we do struggle with a lot of identity issues uh within our you know our this this generation uh, which branches off of um uh, maybe a the another another issue another problem of just how to handle and how to live within a digital world uh, and i think parents um like such like me I, i'm a millennial uh and i i'm I'm, as I'm getting older, my, my parent group that I'm working with at church, they're getting closer and closer to, to my generation, uh, but I'm still working with the, the older generation as well, and, and they, they're having a hard time figuring out how to, how not necessarily for them to navigate the digital world, but how to help their kids navigate the digital world. And, and of course, you, you guys know how, how difficult it can be with all the different things that come at us through just one little device that we normally put in our pockets. And, and so uh, I would say helping, helping families uh, in a very practical way know how to live um, Christ-centered lives that don't detach from everything that we see in our world, so to speak. I mean, because we still have to have a phone, mm-hmm. right? We still mm-hmm. have to have these things. We have to use these things. There's a way that we can we can share the gospel even through these means. But how to how to help them disciple their kids to live um, as 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 good digital citizens mm-hmm. uh, in in this in this world. I, I think that's a that's a big task that we have right now. What a as, great as statement! Good digital citizens. I like that. Yeah. Well, and let me clear that up. That's a that's a phrase that I did not I did not coin. I did not okay. come up with. Um, and this is a little little plug, uh, not associated with them, but I use their stuff a lot. Uh, called um, Protect Young Eyes. Ah. And uh, Chris McKenna is the director of that, the founder of that. Sure. And, uh, and so I, I glean a lot from that ministry and that resource. So that's where that terminology comes. Okay. But, but yeah, I, uh, I, think it's it's, I think it's a great way of saying it because it's what we want people to be. Let me tell you something I saw last night because I love this. Because here these kids are so distracted. Now, our youth pastor confiscates all the phones. He does. They're, now they get them at certain times, but I was watching a, a group that I was sitting next to and I watched the guy, the youth pastor get up and he was going down the back of this row and I thought, what's he doing? And he was glancing over the kid's shoulder to see what he was looking at on his phone. Well, we have the Bible on our phone. Mm-hmm. So you never totally know which can be good yep. and could be bad. Yep. About that time, he just reached over and stuck it in his pocket. So I knew it wasn't the Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I yeah. went to him and I said, man, thank you. They're so easily distracted. Yeah. That's right. And I think that's what SOAR does. It gives us a window of opportunity to help these kids really focus in on where right. am I spiritually. That's right. Uh, right. And and yeah, like you said, it planting the seeds. Yeah, that's right. Hey, and speaking of being a good digital citizen, are there any apps that you would suggest to pastors or parents that would help? 
in, oh, this, wow. in this role. Sure, absolutely. You know, when it comes to just uh, device protection, you know, um, Covenant Eyes is a, is yes. a great app to it use is. and to download. Um, there, it does cost a little money, but I would say it's totally worth it. If you're willing to if you're willing to spend ten dollars on Netflix, then you better be willing to spend ten dollars on something like Covenant Eyes a month. Wow. Yeah. Um, because it's that important. Yeah. And so I would check that out for just coverage. I would say uh, check out protectyoungeyes.com. Uh, they, they've just released in the last six months a, an app that uh, is very beneficial for parents, but for anybody who wants to be a good digital citizen. Uh, they, they've got a lot of free resources out there. I would send, and in fact, I send my parents there often uh, to their website because if you're, if you're just maybe like me or, or somebody else uh, who just isn't quite uh, savvy enough to, to find out all the technical issues of how to set up a phone or any kind of device, a computer, mm-hmm. even a router at home. Mm-hmm. Um, go to protectyoungeyes.com because they've done all the hard work for you and they give you step-by-step instructions as a parent cool. uh, to, to set up your home in a, as a safe way. Mm-hmm. I just started, uh, I actually downloaded an app and I'll say this will be my third and last one. Uh, we, we bought uh, what's called a Griffin router at home mm-hmm. and I downloaded the app there which allows me to be able to uh, either allow or deny access to every device that's in my home that connects to my Wi-Fi. And it also works as a filter so that I know what oh, wow. what every every device is either viewing or has viewed um, or what it can view. And so it's a one-stop shop. Uh, and so that's called the Griffin Router. Okay. You can find it on Amazon. And then there's, there's different sizes. But it comes with this, uh, this package where you download the app and you can control it all right there. So those are the three I would say. Awesome. Covenant Eyes, Protect Young Eyes, and then the Griffin that Router. That right there is worth this podcast. It is. It is. We, we use uh, one called Bark, mm. which yeah, is a that. very similar kind of a thing and helps us to see everything. And um, it's great. Yeah. So that's, I think that's really helpful. Yeah. Uh, Larry, I was going to just ask one more question sure. because I, I'm, you know, um, I, th- I have two daughters. One is 14, one is uh, 11, and it just drives me crazy the things they come home with, having the conversations that mm-hmm. they have to have at yeah. school. When my 11-year-old comes home and she's upset because she literally can't find a friend on the playground that's not talking about whether or not they're gay, mm-hmm. whether or not they're lesbian, yeah. whether you know, and it's like, and so she's. She doesn't want to enter that conversation. She didn't want to have to try and defend something as an 11-year-old. But she wants friends and she wants connection. And yet, (laughs) there are literally times where she says she hears people talk about something. She'll just make a (laughs) U-turn and go the other direction. But what do you tell kids and parents and families in this world that are dealing with those kinds of issues? Uh, Of course, we're trying to have conversations. We're trying to disciple our children to understand this. But what are your thoughts on some of that stuff as far as from a pastoral role? You're dealing with that stuff every day. Again, big topic, important topic, um, very pressing on our kids and our families right now. I would say this, not to belittle the issue, but I would also say that it seems like this this whole identity crisis, if you want mm-hmm. to call it that, sure. the, the issue that at hand of, of kids saying that they're this or wanting to be this or not sure about this, it seems to be trendy. Mm-hmm. Now, hear me out. Not to say it's unimportant, mm-hmm. but it seems to be trendy. It seems to be like this is the conversation. And it seems to be like if you are not a part of that conversation, then you're not in the trend. Mm-hmm. Um, much like right. a certain thing that you would wear. Right. You know, and, and so all of a sudden, if you're not in on that conversation or if you don't even agree with that particular conversation mm-hmm. um, and the things that go into it, then you can certainly become an outcast. And so I think it's understanding that that's exactly where our kids are, mm-hmm. that, that they're feeling that, that they're feeling excluded from conversations. They feel 
uh, the difficulty of being a part of certain crowds and it seems like this crowd is not necessarily on the fringes anymore as much as this crowd of, of saying that they're gay or saying that they're this is becoming more of the center crowd because mm-hmm. of just the loud voices that are right. in our society today. So for parents, I think it's all the more important that we create safe, open environments uh, for our kids to be able to express what they're having difficulty with, mm-hmm. what's going on at school. Let's let's not let's not treat this as if it's a non-issue. Let's not just brush it off right. as if it's just hey, you're just having a difficult day. You need to get over it. Yeah. Yep. Let, we need to become better listeners, and we need to create those spaces. Because here's the thing: you guys know this. Our kids are going to go somewhere. To, right. to talk about this or to find acceptance and if they're not finding it at home right. in, in that kind of environment they're going somewhere else right. and and so we need to work hard to create those kind of spaces where truth is paramount yeah. but it's also safe to be mm-hmm. able to express the difficulties that we're having right now right. which I think is another great positive for conferences like this to encourage our kids to live for Jesus to walk yeah. in him to know him that's right because they're facing these very real issues that's right whether parents realize it or not, That's every right. single day. Yes. Yep. And it's then you know I can't imagine these are, no. at that age trying to be a missionary yeah. and trying to understand now what do I believe and why do I believe it and what yeah. can I say in this situation? Yeah. So it's just all that more important yeah. for these kinds of events to right. help educate and help disciple our kids. That's right. And support parents and churches in that. Uh, That's role. right. So. My last question, you may be, not be able to answer it, but I'm curious because I hadn't heard yet. And I know you usually save it to the last session to announce, but nobody's going to hear it. We're not we're not putting this out till next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's the next soar? Can you answer that? I can't answer that. Good. Uh, I'm going to answer it quietly since we're in this open space. Yes, but exactly. Yeah, the next soar actually will be back here at the Hilton Anatole. Okay. Uh, we, we'll be finishing up a two-year contract with them. Okay. Uh, we're actually not going to be in the same ballroom. We'll be in okay. a bigger space. Uh, in my opinion, a, a nicer, better space. Right. Uh, very excited about that. Um, not to say that this isn't nice, but yeah. no, I hear you. Uh, if you're here and you know, I mean, we're we're standing room only right we now, are. and so it's it's really exciting and man, so cool to see. How many are here this year? Man, we on paper we yeah. have we have uh, eleven hundred or sorry, excuse me, one thousand one hundred and ten people. Wow, registered, but we have twelve hundred chairs set up and people are standing. <laughs> yeah, so. I don't know what that says, but it, it says that we've got a lot here, uh, and uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful. So, what that, are the dates next year? Do you the, remember? Yes, the dates are going to be June 29th through July 1st okay. at the Hilton Anatole here in Dallas, Texas. And I don't know what Anatole means either. Yeah, yeah, I've been asked that, and I'm not sure either. And I just want to say, if you're listening. Get it on your calendar. Get your young people here, and they're going to be challenged in their walk with Christ. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. What, as we close, what would be something else that you would encourage pastors, churches, uh, in support of ministry to students and, and using students in ministry? What, what would you say kind of to wrap us up in some ways that you would encourage us? Sure, absolutely. I'm, so I'll answer that question with a little bit of a shameless plug about SOAR um, and, and also what I think we need to be about individually and as churches. I know every church has a particular maybe tagline or mission statement, and, and that's great. I, I, I fully support that. So SOAR has one as well. And, and what we focus on, what we try to be very sharp in, and every time we produce a conference is we want to be people who, who learn the word, 
love the church and live sold out radical lives for Christ. Amen. We want so everything that we do here at conference, we want to run through that that filter and ask the question: Are we are we hitting these things? And so I would say to church leaders um, that that we need to have a filter like that within our ministries. Yes. We need to have something that that has been um, that's been vetted, that we've thought about, that we've prayed over, that we've even found uh, confirmation in with within our community of of believers and said, yeah, this is what we want to be about so that we can answer the why question. Mm-hmm. If, if someone asks you, hey, why are you doing that? I think we need to have a good answer to to give them that yeah. is based upon something that the Lord has has led us in. And, and so as a church leader, I, I believe that's very powerful. Uh, I believe it allows us freedom to be able to work and to, to, to serve within our communities within a very specific way. And, and so like for us at our church, we, we want to help every everybody in hope find all their joy in Jesus. And, and so that's, that's just kind of one of those tests that we run through. That's our big vision statement. And, uh, and then, of course, we, we run things through that. And so as a church leader, I believe having that kind of vision, having that kind of process is, is vital to being successful in our communities. Awesome. Great. Awesome, Chris. Thanks so much for hanging with us today, man. Yeah. We're praying for you and, for and your me. leadership in SOAR and also your pastoral ministry at Garrett Memorial Baptist Church in Hope, Arkansas. That's right. Thank Come you, brother. We got watermelons. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you do. I've heard that rumor. Yeah, you do. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thanks for listening today to the Healthy Church Podcast. We're, like I said, uh, on location in Dallas, and so you hear some background noise. It's because we're in the middle of a huge atrium, and so you're hearing people on the middle of a break here. But, man, it's been good to talk with you and appreciate uh, all of you guys that are out there doing student ministry and the things that you're doing for, for the church, for the Lord, to make him known among this generation. It's a beautiful thing. So. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank appreciate you, you. I appreciate y'all. God bless you guys. Find us uh, on the web at healthychurchpodcast.com and uh, let us know if there's any shows or anything that you, topics that you want us to get into. And we appreciate you listening and we'll talk to you next time on the Healthy Church Podcast. You've been listening to the Healthy Church Podcast, sponsored by Activate, a church health ministry of the BMA. For more information, resources, and other related topics, please go to healthychurchpodcast.com or find us on Facebook at Healthy Church Podcast.